Welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock, and we got some, uh, I'll get some kind of controversial stuff to talk about today. Um, it's a topic that's been brought up a lot recently. Um, and I mean, what better people to talk about it other than two people living the life? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what is 1%, what is 1% or what is a diamond club, that kind of stuff today. Uh, and I'm joined today by uh, Silent No Shame. So how how you guys doing tonight? Doing good, good. man. You you do a lot better job at doing the intro than I do. Dave was right. Yeah, man. I guess I'm just uh, I'm just the fat fucking bomb can bastard now. I'm just gonna change. <laughs> I'm just gonna change my name on Instagram to the fat bomb can bastard and see if he notices. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, uh, No Shame. Why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off? Give us like a brief recap of like the 1% history that we have, that our research has kind of dug up for us. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the big pushes that we've had, you know, the last several months, if not longer, was kind of countering the traditional narrative that the 1% diamond came out of a opposition to the AMA after an article came out after Hollister, that 1%. Uh, or that 99% of motorcycle riders were law-abiding citizens and the other 1% were the only ones causing trouble. Whatever version of that they want to they wanna attribute. And, you know, a lot of people are saying it came out in this Time Magazine article in 1947, what have you. And we kind of did our own research and, and found out that that article doesn't exist. And, you know, um, it, it's not that... Uh, we found a different narrative and stuck with that. It's like, no, we actually tried to prove this right and we failed at it. So, um, you know, one of the things that you, Dave and I did was comb through a bunch of articles, you and Dave a lot more than I did, but, uh, comb through a bunch of articles and all these different magazines, all these different newspapers. Uh, and we just could not find anything that you could possibly attribute to that quote until we get to, uh, Tecate when they were doing the grand Prix races down there. Um, several clubs went into Tecate. They had, they, you know, what happened in Tecate is kind of like up for debate a little bit. You know, there's police reports and newspaper reports, and then there's eyewitness testimony that's out there, and it contradicts slightly. But I think what we can all agree upon is that things got out of hand. The second day of the Grand Prix races got canceled. The uh, a portion of the town and or some things in the town caught on fire. And they were essentially like run out of the town the next day. I think didn't the National Guard show up, Ken? It was, wasn't it like the the Mexican National Guard or something. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, it started out with like a militia, uh, just townspeople, because um, they only had like I think it was eight total if you count the police chief. Um, you know, they had an extremely small police force. Uh, but the town of Tecate was also an extremely small town at the time. And they they just weren't equipped to have that kind of uh, security detail ready at a moment's notice. Uh, And then they ended up having the the Mexican National Guard come in. So, yeah, um, I mean, it was a pretty big deal for for that town. You know, it's probably one of the bigger things that's happened there, at least up until that time. 
you know, there was, uh, like I said, it was the Grand Prix races. So it was a, a large race and race fan community. And then there were other people that came down there and, and decided that they were going to party and just have a good time. And it just it got, to, it got a little out of hand. And it, um, when they ended up leaving, you know, the, there was the newspapers were interviewing the police chief, Jose Huerta. And one of the comments that he made, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was essentially that I think he, he said Americans. I don't even think he said bikers, but it was something like 99% of the Americans that were here were just here to enjoy like the sport of motorcycles. And then 1% caused all the trouble, something along those lines. But that was the catchphrase that those clubs and individuals that were there at the time kind of took back and ran with it. Did you have another thing to add, Ken? You kind of looked like you had a, a point you wanted to interject. No, I was just going to say, I was, I was just kind of, kind of, kind of agree with you there is that um, the first time that you really hear a percentage um, associated with the motorcycle culture, uh, let alone the club culture was, was that interview with police, uh, with uh, police chief Jesus Huerta. Um, and, Instead of and, and what I like what I what I thought was kind of cool about it is it wasn't like the story that we hear with Hollister where it says oh well ninety nine percent of people are cool where we're trying to highlight the good right they're like oh most of these guys are good guys he was highlighting and trying to minimize the bad saying well yeah that shit happened but it was only like one percent of them that did that and then almost as a joke they take mm -hmm. this quote from a police chief and those three clubs started the. Um, what, what I call kind of what I'm talking about, this is like a 1% society, uh, within the motorcycle clubs. Yeah. So, um, the, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of references to this. Um, you know, if, if you want to look up the historical aspects of it, you can find the police reports, you can find the newspaper clippings. There's also, um, a painting done by David Mann that shows, uh, a bunch of people riding out of the town of Tecate and the town burning in the background. Um, I know on Outlaw Archive, there is a recorded interview with somebody who I believe was there at the event. Um, and then also you have uh, Tom Fugel's account of it that was written down, you know, kind of stating this is how the 1% came to be. And then this is how different clubs were added to it. So. Yeah, initially it was three clubs, you know, and they, they invited um, other clubs to join. Some of them declined, some of them accepted. Um, from what I've gathered doing additional research beyond that, I think there were five clubs that were like kind of the core of what was recognized in that organization, that, that club of clubs, if you will. And then um, yeah. if you go beyond that, then you can kind of find other instances after where different organizations unaffiliated started to implement that 1% diamond, 1% or insignia. Um, and then the rest is kind of history. It kind of just spread from there. Yeah. I think it's a pretty neat recap. You know, <laughs> you're just describing, you know, here's of my life researching, but yeah, it was a cool, cool seven minute little, I'm just playing. I'm just giving <laughs> me shit. <laughs> so i mean how about you silent like you were there in hollister silent so like were you do you have any no no i'm just no. gonna say no uh, before i say something negative <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that old for once <laughs>
<laughs> I'm not that old. Yeah. But I think I think it was Drifter that took those pictures. I think Drifter was one of the young guys in those pictures. <laughs> I don't know. I think he was old enough to have taken the pictures of the young guys. <laughs> I think. But so I want to so in your guys' opinion, right? And this is for, for both of you. We hear stuff like, oh, it's a 1% club or it's a 1%er club or it's a diamond club. Um for somebody that doesn't know, like, is there a difference? Are they all the same? What would you guys, what would, what, like, what do you guys have to say about that? So I think that a 1% club and a diamond club are the same. This is my personal opinion. I don't have any kind of, kind of Google facts on that. Um, the difference between the two, again, I'm speaking from my experience, a 1% club um, is a is a club that when you patch in, you receive your diamond. Okay, so it's a one percent club with one percenters in that club, whereas a one percenter club, you patch in and then based on um, whatever obligations or expectations uh, the club has for you, you at some point. Um, receive your one percent or diamond, and again, that, that's this is my personal opinion based on my experience. Is that is the difference between the two clubs? One, one, your diamond is given to you at patch in, and the other one is given to you at a later date when you've met the obligations that your club has upon you. How about you, No Shane? What do you got to say? No, I think that's uh, that's a very concise version of it. You know, I think, I think that's pretty much understood across the board. I know that there are differences like, you know, there, there's always the outlier, right? You know, that we have the, the general guideline of what it's supposed to mean. And I think silent hit that nail right on the head, but then you'll also have like one or two clubs out there that do things a little bit differently. Um, or, you know, maybe they have their own program or whatever, but yeah, generally speaking, Silence, absolutely right. I don't, I don't really have anything else to add to that. I guess other than that is just like a follow-up question um, for Silent when you talk about a diamond club. What what are we, you know, I guess this is for everybody. Like what what are what do we wrap into that? Because, you know, like you got all these, like I see a lot of times you got support clubs with different diamonds that have, you know, maybe a number in it or, you know, a different design or something. Are, do they fall into the, the Diamond Club designation, or is that something different? Uh, I, that's a good question, because, I mean, it, could the could you at that point say that you're, as a Diamond Club, you're an outlaw club, but it doesn't make you a 1% club? Um, you know, which a lot of 1% uh, uh, clubs... Um, have support clubs under them that do wear a diamond um, with a you know a number in it. I won't I won't throw a number out there, but um, that has a number in it. You know, are those considered um, diamond clubs? You know, I, I think it's arguable. I won't call them a diamond club. You know, I call them a support club, um, even an outlaw club uh, as a support club, but. To me, the the diamond is cherished for the one percent, one percent clubs. Um, 
I would say Did that I, answer I agree with that. And, and the reason I kind of, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the reason I, I kind of throw that out there um, and just to kind of gauge the response, the one thing that I think people really need to, to get to when they're, when they're considering the 1% world and, and when we're talking about this is a lot of it is what do what do recognized and active and, and, you know, validated for, for lack of a better word, what are these people that, that everybody can look at and, and not question? You know, I can look at certain clubs, certain individuals and say, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you're a one percenter, that your club is a one percent club. You know, what do those individuals, what are those organizations, who do they recognize and who do they not recognize? Because we're getting into this world where like the diamond, you know, by itself is this huge fashion statement, right? So we're getting clubs that aren't affiliated. We're getting clubs that are just starting up their brand fucking new. And they're taking a diamond and putting whatever the fuck they want in it. And they always have like this weird like explanation. Like, oh, I didn't put 1% in. And I put like a unicorn fucking a rainbow. And that, that makes it okay. Like, no, you, I mean, you're emulating something by putting a diamond on. You're trying to portray something at a distance that you don't really understand or earn. So no, we, 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 and I say the collective, we, as those who are doing this, living this and, and understood to be a part of this community at that echelon, we don't recognize these people that are wearing it as a fashion statement. Like, like silent said, like, you know, some of these clubs will wear a diamond, but are they considered a diamond club? And I would say no. I would agree, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, I got really nothing to, to weigh in on, other than <laughs> um, you know, bringing up like looking at somebody and be like, "Oh, that's a one percenter. Oh, that's a diamond club. Cool." Like beyond the shadow of a doubt. I think something that um, people who travel a lot, or like even folks like me who are where we're in the community, but we're in the military, so we move a lot. Um, especially like different geographic locations, you know what I mean? Not like just from like the North, you know, the top of the water in Hampton roads to the bottom water, Hampton roads. Um, you'll find 1% clubs that are established. They're tried, tested, they're accepted in the community. That's a 1% club. Nobody's fucking got an issue about it. Um, but they're not massive clubs. Like, you know, if you Google 1% clubs, you know, they're not going to pop up on that list. Right. But, just I would just say just be weary, be careful who, you know, Tom on the street, you know, you're walking down the street, whatever, saying, oh, fucking so-and-so club. That's not a fucking real 1% club because they're not one of these however many fucking 1% clubs there are. Oh, they're not a national club. that And that don't mean shit, bro. I'll tell you that right now. You know, just because they're in a club that you might not have heard of before, but they've they've been in that area for 40 fucking years. And they're they're running a one percent diamond. They've they've built that community. They've built those relationships, and they they give back to the community. Like that's to me, that's a fucking one percenter, man. And there ain't no fucking if ands or buts about it. So so to add to that, you're you're right. You're one hundred percent right. But there's a lot of clubs that are rocking a diamond, a one percenter diamond in two thousand and twenty three that did not start out as diamond clubs, as 1% clubs. They came in as a 99% club 
and they they became educated and they found their way through their communities. They found the brotherhood. They found the rules of etiquette, um, traditions, protocols. They learned and they absorbed all of that and they built themselves to a point to where one day they put on a 1% diamond. Okay. Those are still respected ass clubs, even more respected in my opinion. Um, the guys that are just putting on a diamond now and being like, well, fuck you. Uh, I'm a one percenter and I read this book and it said that um, a one percenter is a guy that doesn't follow the, the normal rules of society. And that's me. I'm a fucking rebel, you know, to down to my bones. So I'm putting on a one percent diamond. You know, they're, they're trying to they're trying to throw their own little bullshit into why they put that diamond on, not understanding um, that there's a lot of stuff that comes with that one percent diamond, you know. Um, well, and that's to me, that's like one of the, the most dangerous things about that activity that those people are engaging in is that it it waters down what the community is as a whole. And I'll give you an example. So <clears throat> obviously I make like funny videos on TikTok that make fun of people. Right. So uh, never do one that. Of the, no, there's one of these where, videos, where can, right? Where can we find these on TikTok? Where, where can we find these? I don't even know what my TikTok thing is. At four for I the road it. underscore no shame or something like that. I believe um, that's exactly what it is. But anyways, uh, somebody commented on one of these videos. And they're obviously somebody who's not intimately a part of the MC community. Obviously somebody who has no idea who I am. They commented on one of these videos and they're like, I understand your joke that you're trying to make, but like, be careful because you're talking about one percenters. And, you know, like, I know what they're saying, and I understand the context of it, but I like to ask questions to get somebody else to answer their own question. So I, I simply asked him, like, how do you know they're one percenters? And he goes, well, you see that diamond with the one percent on it on their vest? That means they're, like, real serious, and they'll come beat you up, you know, in so many words. And I'm like, look, dude, like, these guys aren't that. I, nobody in the in the world respects them as that. Like, there's more to it than just putting on the piece of flash. And it's like, I don't know that it's dangerous in the sense that like people are going to, because if somebody sees them and then they don't fucking approach them because they think they're dangerous, I guess that doesn't hurt anybody. But I think for the community as a whole, it waters down for people that are actively into it. They tend to get to this point where they're like, oh, I've never seen that club before, kind of to Ken's point. So I'm going to assume that they're not an actual 1% club. And when you start traveling around the country and getting into these small towns and little areas and stuff, you might see a club in Washington that's a well-respected, well-established 1% club that doesn't exist in Florida. And if you kind of just go into things like haphazardly, you could end up talking shit to the wrong person. So what I'm saying is, you know, in general, be respectful to everybody and don't don't so write I, checks your body can't cash i guess so i want i want to talk about that well actually with silence permission i want to talk about some experiences that i've had in your in your house if that's all right yeah all right just so, don't say the name no no i'm definitely not going to give the name address and identifying <laughs> <parts>. <laughs> so, but obviously like at the end of the day we know silence in a 1% club uh silent has a beautiful clubhouse his his club has a beautiful clubhouse 
Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be invited down there a couple of times. Um, and let me tell you when I'm walking into a group of one percenters, right? I'm talking dudes face fucking like face tattoos, fucking just, you know, these, these guys are supposed to be the big, bad fucking boogeyman. Right. Dude, I tell you, I don't think I saw one person mean mugging, you know, everybody was laughing and smiling and they were hugging, um, like there were good music on everybody was having a good time. Right. And then this was, you know, there's a lot of people there. There was a lot of, a lot of other clubs there that were not silence club. And it was, it was still just that it was just, it was just a great fucking time, man. Everybody was smiling and having a good time. It wasn't this, this tough guy shit. And I think that that, you know, kind of to your point, no shame is, is what's fucking it up too. Because you get these guys that don't know what the fuck that means. They don't know what that 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 diamond means. They don't know what it means to the community. They don't know the trials and tribulations that clubs, righteous clubs, who have gone before them had to endure to maintain that status. And then they come in here, they slap it the fuck on, and then they go act like assholes. And then you get people who kind of like members of my family uh, back in San Diego where they're like, well... Motorcycle clubs are cool, I guess, but just stay away from those one percenters because they're all fucking bad dudes. Fuck that, man. I mean, I've met some of the most amazing men in my life have worn a diamond or do wear a diamond. And they've been nothing but polite and courteous. They've they're caring, kind. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, that you gotta be this big bad boogeyman. You know what I mean? And again, to your point, I think it's those dudes that don't understand that think that that's what they have to be are fucking it up for everybody else. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have a saying, you know, with you bringing that up, that if I have to tell you that I'm in charge, I'm not in charge. Yeah. Okay. So exactly. uh, I, I lead by my actions, you know, um, there's any, any leader that has to tell you that he's the leader. He ain't the fucking leader. There's somebody else leading shit behind him, you know, um, but on, even on top of that, you know, there's a, there's, I don't know what the fucking saying is, but there's a saying, you know, about the quietest guy in the room versus the loudest guy in the room, mm -hmm. you know, so what, what good does it do to be all loud and mean mugging and, and shit like that? I mean, what, what's the point of it? Especially if you're in your house, right? Cause you have people in there that are coming to show you some love and show you some support. So why are you going to act like a fucking dick when they're there to show you some love? You know, it happens, you know, that I do my best not to let it happen around me. And I damn sure don't do it myself just for that fact. You know, that I'm showing you the same respect. I'm showing you respect for showing me enough respect to show up and support me to support my nation. You know, but, but there's guys that don't give a fuck. They, you know, they feel that everybody's replaceable and, you know, you may not, you may have a shitty time, but they think somebody's going to walk in the door behind you to replace you. you no, know? then I don't, I don't like that philosophy. No. I'd rather I, make a friend than an enemy. How's that? hundred percent. hundred percent. That's all we're doing this shit for anyway, man. Like if you're not having fun, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. I you know agree. I mean? yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have fuck ups. You're gonna get checked every now and then. But if you're not having fun, what the fuck are you doing? Right. 
You right. know, I mean, obviously you've been you've been in a motorcycle club since, you know, the inventions of fucking motorcycles, you old fuck. So, like obviously you're having fun. Right? Right. I'm having That's a fucking right. blast. I'm going through like what people call like the worst part of it. I'm having a fucking blast. Fuck y'all. Like I'm like I had to I had to have my chick help me find that balance because it was just like, no, I need to be over here because I'm having a grand fucking time, you know, but you know, luckily my, my chick's rad. She's helped me find that balance, right? So I'm not. That balance this is, is a, a myth. <laughs> this, ah, is, this is a little ah. off topic, but I've always sorry. We've all been we we've all been in the military, so we've all gone through like whatever form of like basic training or boot camp or I don't know what they call it in in the Navy, like vacation, yeah, secret cool time, whatever. Vacation. I've always thought in my head, like, if I could go back to basic training, it'd be the easiest shit ever. Because, like, once you know all the stuff, it's like, how fucking hard is it to stand in the right position? And, like, you know, your PT is not hard, yada, yada, yada. And you get to sleep in. Yeah. So, like, as somebody who's going through the prospect journey for your second time, is it a little easier because you know some stuff? Or is it just completely different? Is it is it is, is are my fantasies about basic training being easier true? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely in some areas, yes. Um, because obviously every club and every chapter within that club is going to be different, right? So, you know, being in an area that I'm not necessarily familiar with, uh, in a state that I've never lived in, um, that presents its own kind of unique challenges, especially when I'm meeting people outside of the club that I'm prospecting for. Um, I don't know really who the fuck I'm talking to. It's just like, okay, cool. I know you're a local club. Like, and I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect, just like I expect you to treat me. Um, but I'm definitely like texting my sponsor afterwards. Be like, Hey, I just ran into fucking so-and-so from this club. Like, can you tell me about them? And over the phone, I just get a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And then I know, okay, cool. Like if we meet each other again, or we kind of run into each other again tonight, like I can converse with him or hey, I'm probably just going to get the fuck out of here. I don't need to be around that clown anyway. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's outside of, outside of those like little unique challenges um, for the, for the chapter that I'm prospecting for and the club that I'm prospecting for, they're going to be different everywhere. It's definitely helped out. Like I've, I've ridden large groups before, so that's, you know, I got that down. Um, basic terminology, you know, got that down, you know, just, the simple shit, you know, like you said, I know where to stand. Do you think that because you've gone through it and the basics are out of the way that you're getting more out of this prospecting journey than you would if you just came into it fresh? Absolutely. Um, Cause now instead of having to sit down and teach me the basics, right um, now I'm getting to learn more about history and I'm getting to learn more about the patch holders that hopefully I get to call brother one day. Right. Like we have more time to focus on other things other than, hey, this is, you know, how you introduce yourself. This is how you do this This is how you do that. Or, hey, when we're here, I need you to stand over there. Like I just kind of it just happens. You know what I mean? That's interesting. It's something for me because I I, my club that I'm in is the only club I've ever been in. So I didn't have that ability to like prospect and then go into this thing, you know, I was a hang around and then I prospected for over a year. And then now I'm in the club that I'm going to be in until I die or they find somebody better, I guess. So 
Yeah, uh, that second okay, version of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was wondered that. Because I don't think, yeah. I mean, unless I can, I guess I could really fuck up and then prospect again for my club. Yeah, but would you want to? Maybe. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You something. prospect again for your club? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I take that back. My bad. I it could always happen. Good. <laughs> yeah, it could always happen. <laughs> it's harder to keep it than it is to earn it, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, hey, so, I mean, we're talking about fuck ups and stuff like that. Um, so me from the, I'm just going to say like the non 1% side, um, I'm asking you guys, what are like, so I know 1% clubs, especially the ones that like their, their household names, right? Um, I know those get like romanticized and people are like, oh, well, if I'm going to join a club, I'm going to go straight to insert name here, right? Um, but both of y'all being one percenters, what would you say would be the biggest, like if we had a pro and con list, so like what would be your biggest pro? And I want to hear from Silent first because he was like around before the 1% diamond was invented. Um, the biggest pro, I would say the relationships that you establish, you know, and not even within your own nation, but even with, with men in other nations, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of mesmerizing when you're in it is, you know, the longer you're in it, the more club guys you meet and the, the friendships that you build and establish is awesome that if you weren't in a club, you know, and you were just sitting in your hometown, like, you know, my hometown is extremely small. You've been here, you know, yeah. right. Punk rock. Um, yeah. You are not going to meet a tremendous amount of people. Uh, well, no shame has been here um, through the area. So you're not going to meet a whole bunch of people here. You know, you have to, the club affords you the opportunity to travel. Um, sometimes it's forced travel, but it's still travel. Um, and, and you get to meet a bunch of different people. I think that's a huge pro in my opinion. Okay. How about you, No Shane? Can you ask the question again? What if we were going to make a big, you know, pros and cons to being in a 1% club vice a non 1% club, what do you think your biggest pro would be? when it comes to being in a 1% club. Gotcha. Okay, so I want to clear something up off the bat. Um, I do not call myself a 1%er. Um, and then my club, we do not call ourselves a 1% club per se. Um, and just for some background, we do wear a diamond, but it wasn't one of those like, oh, this is a fashion statement type things. We've worn a diamond since 1967. And... Yeah, as a club, I believe it went club-wide 68 or 69. Um, but, you know, as, as a as a whole, we, we've never called ourselves a 1% club. We've just, a lot, other people over time have given us that designation. Um, and, you know, we, we sit in those circles. So I don't want, uh, you know, I've, I've said this over and over again, so I don't want, anybody to be able to come back and say like, well, you, you said you're not a, okay. Yeah, cool. There's the, 
there's a difference. And it kind of alludes to what Silent was talking about earlier, is that there are diamond clubs that are recognized in the same playing field as 1% or 1%er clubs. Um, I would put us in there. We've called ourselves an outlaw club, and we just happen to sit at certain tables. <clears throat> um, but to answer the question, uh, to I would say to be at this level of a club, one of the things that is a pro, and this could go both, you know, it could, it could go to non-outlaw, non-1% clubs as well, but just being a large nation, um, being able to go different places in the country and be able to have a support system, you know, most places that you go, if not all places that you go, you know, I could, uh, I could make a couple phone calls wherever I'm at. And that doesn't necessarily even mean just in my club. There's like an inner network of communication when you, when you're at this level to where, you know, there's relationships built, you know, inner club relationships built. You know, I, I, if I have a question about something, I can pick up the phone, make a phone call and find out something very specific about a certain area. You know, if, if, uh, if my bike breaks down and I'm in a state where I don't have a chapter or something, you know, chances are I could call somebody and find somebody who might be able to give me a tow or tell me like, you know, what was the best shop to go to something like that. So that expanded network of contacts, I think that's one of the bigger pros to being in a club of, of this level. Yeah. And I want to throw a caveat in there, um, punk rock, because I actually missed, um, the fact that you said that's a pro for a one percent club that's not that's that's not for a regular MC or ninety nine percent club, mm-hmm. um, and that is there are no pros. I, I want to retract it. There are no pros. the The pros that you get in the one percent world are the same pros that you can achieve in the ninety nine percent club. Going back to what I was saying, as far as reaching out, meeting new people, traveling, da da da, you can do all those same things in a regular MC. That's again, that's that's me. I, I, that's just how I feel. I don't, I don't think there's any any benefit just because I'm wearing a diamond um, versus if I was not wearing a diamond. If we, if our club, as big as they are, or as big as we are did not have a one percenter diamond on i would still have the outreach that i have now with the diamond on does that make sense 100 percent. and i really like that you brought that up um you know saying that there's you have the same pros that everybody else will have yeah so on the flip side of that if there's if there's a if there's a good and evil Right. If there's so if there's a pro, there's got to be a con. Right. Would would you be feel comfortable talking about maybe like. Um, con? So I so there's a there's I'm sure a million cons. The biggest con to wearing um, a one percent diamond, I think, is finances. Uh, it is extremely expensive. Uh, putting on a diamond because you're expected to be more places doing more things, educating people, um, following rules that, I mean, the level of commitment is a lot more expensive uh, versus 
some, and I'm not going to say all, because there's some MCs, man, that are out there, like way out there doing everything and everywhere. But most MCs don't have the forced fun. You know, you know how the military had had mandatory Ooh, fun day. Mandatory fun days. Yeah. So, <laughs> one percenter clubs do. You have forced fun days that uh, that you're going to be at, or you're going to pay heavily for not being there. You know, and it becomes very expensive. So, would you say that that's really the only difference between um, talking about finances? And you also brought up, you know, uh, the dedication that's required. Um, would you say that those are the only two differences between uh, a regular MC versus a one percent MC? So, well, I think that's that's a difference. Um, I think you know the the everybody asks like what the one percent is. What what is a one percenter? You know, and the stereotypical answer is always the same. You know, we you know we have our own set of rules. Well, which is true, but. Any one percenter will tell you we have more fucking rules than society has. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you don't join a one percent club because you don't want to follow the fucking rules because there's five times more rules in a club than there is not in a fucking club. Yeah. You know, the difference. And this is, again, my experience. The difference between a regular MC and a one percent club is the level of commitment. That is the difference. So, you know? so would could we agree that there are clubs out there that don't wear a diamond, have the same level of commitment to their brothers as a one percent club would? Yes, we can agree. Because, okay. like I said, you know, I I made the statement earlier. There are some MCs out there that are on top of it. They're on point. They are at every event that you know you can possibly think of. They're always on the road. Yeah, there are some there are some MCs putting some miles down, you know. But there's a shit ton more that ain't. Yeah. You know, they they don't leave their little podunk town. You know, you don't you wouldn't know they were there unless you went there. I mean, as staff, we have eleven guys on staff. How many times have we shared pictures going, "Hey, does anybody know who the fuck this is?" You know, you don't do that with big clubs. How many diamond clubs have we sent a picture of and go, hey, anybody heard of these guys? You know, I mean, yeah, it's happened once or twice. You know what I mean? But the majority of the pictures that we we look for uh, other help is all from regular MCs, right? Because nobody's ever seen them, heard of them, know nothing. They just all of a sudden pop up at a 7-Eleven getting a fucking Slurpee, you know, while you're refueling. So... Yeah, and the and I think the other biggest biggest con, and I know no shame's probably fucking telling me to shut up, um, is the uh, is the stereotypical we're all criminals, you know that we get from the cops. You know it's it's if I roll up to a gas station and you roll up to a gas station, punk rock as a full patch member in that nation that you're prospecting for, uh, and there's a cop sitting there, who do you think he's going to judge more, me or you? Oh, you, 100%. Def, definitely me. Definitely well, me. Because you all are criminals, right? I mean, well, really, that's what that means, right? 
Yeah, according to law enforcement, that's what it means. And really, according to a lot of society, like uh, No Shame was saying, you know, it just it comes with it. When you put that diamond on, you are automatically a criminal. It doesn't matter what your criminal history says. It doesn't matter where you're employed at, what your background is, you know, your education, nothing. None of that matters anymore. It's completely gone out the window because you chose to put that diamond on, you know, um, and most uh most um MCs don't have to face that stereotypical um judgment most don't i mean there's some there's uh you know black pistons for example you know they're they're not a diamond club but they are a notorious outlaw motorcycle club you know they they are judged as a 1% club by law enforcement even though they don't wear the diamond you know, but there's other clubs, that, of course, that get free passes because they don't have a diamond on. And I'll shut so, up now. No, shame. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, you, you, were, you nailed it. I mean, uh, when you talk about like the, the financial burden of being in a club, it, it makes me laugh because there's like this stereotype that we're like, we're doing this thing and we are one percenters because we go out there and, and have this weird, crazy, lucrative, organized crime business. And we're all raking in the dough. And it's like, I've spent so much money on this fucking close club has not paid me a goddamn cent. And like, like, there's these people that just think that there's like some weird money making scheme behind all of it. And like, I just, like you peel back the curtain, there's nothing but a bunch of guys trying to hang out together and arguing about dumb shit from time to time. Um, yep. you know, like we, we talk about the cons and, and the pros and then, you know, silent brought up a good point. Like there are really no pros to it outside of what you could get in an MC. You know, I, I kind of, when you asked that question, I kind of alluded to that, like, yeah, I'm saying this, but it's like, it could really apply to any nation, you know, like you could grow an MC to have what I talked about in my pro. Um, and, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, it's a hard question because, like, what are the pros to being in a 1% club? Like, I don't know. And, you know I think if I was going to put one pro on it, if you did it correctly, like Silent was saying, the the 1% is really a measure of dedication. And to know that the people to your left and right are as dedicated to the life as you are, I would consider that a pro. Um, but that you can also get that in another club. It's not something that is exclusive to us. Um, it's just something that like, you know, we kind of gatekeep in our own community, or at least we should. And that's like, that's the whole thing with these fake 1% clubs or pop-up 1% clubs or whatever you want to call it. Like if you just burst onto the scene and you're saying, I'm a one percenter, this club is a 1% club. You have no fucking clue. Like how, how are you going to proclaim that if you haven't made it as a club for five, 10 years or more, if you haven't had the same, 20 guys in the same club for five years. How can you say that you are all that committed to the life? Mm. If you can't make it five years, how you make it 10, how you make it 20, like these clubs that are out there respected and, and well-known, those are the clubs that stood the test of time. And, you know, that's not to say that there weren't other clubs back in the day that did it and didn't fucking last. And we just don't talk about them. You know, I'm sure there was, a ton of clubs in the sixties and seventies that started up and called themselves one percenters. And they're not here anymore because they didn't stand the test of time. You know, the same shit's happening today. Uh, it's just, you know, we get to see it a lot more. 
you know, it's, it's out there in the open because they like to put themselves in the spotlight with social media and we all have an opportunity to, to laugh at them. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing I'm touching on that, you know, you have these clubs now that they have five or six guys, you know, is, is what you see, you know, and they all got different rockers on um, because they're like one man chapters in fucking Malaysia and um, Texas or wherever. Right. Um, but they're not full chapters. They're like one, one man guys, you know, um, and they throw a diamond on and like, if you had 10 chapters, 10 states, 10 years, you're looking at your turnover rate, you know, your retention rate, um, and you're maintaining guys and you're constantly growing, you, you might be on to something, you know, um, you're doing something right, obviously. But when no, when the only reason people know you is because they see you on fucking social media and you're rocking a diamond, that's, that's where the problem comes in. Because number one, you're not embedded in your community. You're not doing anything good to help the diamond out. You know, like all 1% clubs, top 1% clubs anyway, are doing constantly doing some charitable fundraiser, you know, to to better their communities, to be embedded within their communities. You know, when your whole fucking uh, uh, motorcycle existence is TikTok or Facebook, you're not a fucking 1% club. And I don't care how many diamonds you sew on your cut. You know, you put 12 of them motherfuckers on there. You still ain't a one percenter. You know, you're portraying the life of a one percenter. What if it's 13 diamonds in the shape of like a really big diamond that like a puzzle piece made like a giant one? And then I'm going to then I'm going to talk to no shame so he can make a video about it and laugh at you. <laughs> That's all I'm good for anymore. <laughs> Internet bullies. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of the show um, when you were talking about clubs putting on diamonds with numbers in them. You know, we talk about these guys that are on the Internet. Nobody knows them. No other 1% clubs know them. They may know one or two guys in different one percent clubs, but no clubs know these guys. You know, it's easy to know a member or two, especially when the motherfuckers four thousand miles away in another country, and you instant message his ass on fucking Facebook, right? It's easy to know those guys. Um, your overseas clubs are the worst. Is it not? And not like they're bad, but the fact that they they don't have uh contacts over here to say hey is this a legit club you know before they start talking to you but anyway you know these guys throwing on the diamond the the 99 clubs i think look at one percent clubs and they want to emulate them without the commitment that they have to put in so yes they want to wear the diamond but they put a number in it versus the one percenter so that they can emulate it without having to do the full commitment. If so that makes sense. Some positivity back to the show. Uh, <laughs> but the, that's not positive. But what you said there, right? Um, 99% clubs look into 1% clubs, right? I think like to me, 
I would call that a pro. 100%. I would call that a pro all day. Because um, obviously, like, we're doing this because we enjoy... one. I mean, we just enjoy each other's company. Like, this is a fucking... We got a solid group of dudes here. Um, but we also, to an extent, we also enjoy educating people and sharing our experiences so that people can learn from our mistakes and our failures so they don't have to go through the same heartbreak and turmoil that we went through. Um, and I would call that a pro being a one percenter. Is that a lot of 99% clubs will look to you for guidance. They will look to you for education and mentorship. Right. And I think that that's an awesome opportunity to do like, you know, and I've, I've seen it in action in, in your, in your city, you know, is they, 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 they come for education, they come for mentorship. And like you said, you're making friends, not enemies, you know, and you're, you're making the community better for that because now, you know, law enforcement's going to freak the fuck out when they see all these bikers gathering up together and there's all these different patches and they're like, Oh, what the fuck's going on? And then they start seeing hugs going around and laughing and smiling and there's beers and sweet teas floating around and everything's fucking dope. Um, I would call that a pro hundred percent. Well, you know, that's a, that's an all too often uh, thing that gets overlooked. So I, I call a 1% club or one percenters. I call them professionals. That's how I look at the MC world when it comes to wearing a diamond. As a one percenter, you are the professionals in this lifestyle. Like um, the one percenter is kind of like the MD at the end of a doctor's name. You know, you're the, you're supposed to be the top echelon, which means you're supposed to know what's going on. You're supposed to know, um, you know, the protocols, the traditions, what's happening in your area. Um, be able to answer common questions and basic questions, then you should be able to sit down with your support clubs and educate them on how things work in order for them to progress. Or even if they want to stay stagnant and stay within, within that club, you know, but you want to better them as a member of the MC community, regardless of whether they have a diamond on or not, you know, um, I think this page is the best thing in the world for that, but it it's not about the 11 of us on a page trying to do that. It's about one percenters within their areas and their, you know, their regions, their, their nations trying to better other brothers to be better brothers, you know, and to know more. So, uh, you know, as far as just being an educator, being a professional, I like, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's like a two-way street. I think it's a pro and it's a con because, you know, you get, uh, you get the benefit of being able to have a positive impact on the community, but you also get the responsibility that comes along with it. Um, and that comes in multiple forms. You know, uh, one of the biggest headaches is, is support clubs, you know, some every now and then you get like one that'll go off and like, you know, it's just, it's an added layer of people that are attached to your organization and if they fuck up that it falls on you so it's something that you have to you have to then go and remedy um as well as you have uh you have instances where you know the community is looking to you to play like mediator in the situation you know and then that's something that is it's not fun you know it's i mean it's nice to be able to have the support, or, you know, the respect of the community where two clubs could say like, Hey, you know, we look up to you, we respect you. Can you mediate the situation for us? But is it, is it, 
fun. No, I mean, I'd rather just be hanging out with my brothers, but I have that responsibility to the community. I think, uh, you know, what silent was saying, like the professionals, that's a great way to put it because, you know, you are that, that top tier. You're the, you're the person that people look to, to say like, Hey, how is this done? You know, like, uh, almost like a, like a lawyer. Like, you know, we, sometimes you just got to call that lawyer for some legal advice. Well, sometimes you got to put him on retainer so he can go like defend you in court. You know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a double-edged sword in that. Like I, I love being able to spread our message. I love being able to reach out and have even the slightest impact on the community in a positive way. Um, but yeah, there's, there's work that comes with that. A lot of work. Yeah, and, and that's something that a lot of diamond clubs, 1% clubs, whatever terminology you want to use, but that's something that, that gets often overlooked is when you have that support club, they're wearing your support patch, you know? So you have basically adopted that club, right? You sanctioned them, you, you, you're putting a patch on them, you know, showing to support your nation. Um, but if you're not educating them, you know, what happens when they run into uh, team, team B, you know, a county or two counties over, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing because you didn't educate them. Now here you are, like you were saying, no shame, that um, sometimes it's a pain in the ass, but it becomes a path or didn't teach them what they needed to know. So now you got this other one percent club calling you going hey your guys you know insert name here are fucked up and this is what happened you know so now you kind of got a black eye because you look stupid for not educating your guys and you still got to go back and educate your guys the right way because i'm sure they probably didn't get educated the right way from team b right because it obviously is not a good interaction so there comes a price and, and that's where the professional part comes in. You know, it's, you know, the doctor is going to train the RN and the doctor is going to train the LPN and the doctor is going to train the, the nursing staff, you know, or the, the chick sitting behind the computer that makes your appointments or whatever. He's going to train them the way they should be trained in order to fit into that office, right? To make a cohesive unit within that doctor's office. One percenters have to do the same thing within their nations and their support clubs and their writing clubs. And, you know, they have they have to train them to make make it a cohesive unit. But it has to be able to uh, to fall in line somewhere else when they're traveling. They have to know what's going on. You know, and that's just that's MC, you know, basics one on one. But it's being overlooked. There's there, there's people that I call them slumlords. They throw a support patch on them and they want you at every event um, to pay money at the door and buy food and possibly even tax you for that patch on their chest. But they don't want to do nothing for it. You know, those are to me, those are those one percent clubs are slumlords. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, like there's examples of it, I'm sure, in every nation. If you want to see how. Community integration and how mentorship is done properly, go visit Silent and his brothers. You know, that, that was, you know, to, to you guys' credit, that was, um, I felt perfectly at home 
when I came to visit you. Uh, my wife came with me. She felt perfectly at home. You know, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, after we rode back, you know, and, and we got back home, it was, we kind of looked at each other and we we're like, man, it's like, it just felt like we were back home again in Washington. Cause you know, it was, it was something that we hadn't had since we left, you know? And so it was, it was great to see. And, and those examples of how it's done right are speckled all throughout the country, all through in, you know, in, in various different clubs. You know, some, you might run into one club where you have a chapter that, you know, they, they might act out of pocket and they might be a little fucked up, but that doesn't mean the club as a whole is bad. I'm sure that there's another chapter of that club somewhere that's doing it right. Um, so you get all these, these negative interactions. And I think, I think that's what gets popular. You know, that's, that's what people like to, to look at and like to see. Um, but it's not the overwhelming theme that is going on in, in the motorcycle club world and the 1% world. You know, there's, there's all these examples of how we need to change it because it's bad or one percenters have lost their way. I've seen the healthiest version of what a one percenter looks like. And it was outside of my nation on the other side of the country that I was raised in, you know, and, and I've seen it in my nation in all these different places. I've seen it in other nations, you know, it exists, it's out there. And that's what we need to spread. I, th- I think a lot of people, you know, we were talking about the four for the road message and what we do. A lot of people look at us like, oh, these guys are just teaching protocol and protocol is bad because protocol means that I have to ask for permission to do something. That's not what the fuck it means. You know, it's, it's the, what we're pushing out there is how to do it the right way. And there's all these people that look at us like, oh, these, these are the, the big bad one percenters trying to gatekeep the community. No, we're trying to be good stewards of the community. And that's one of the responsibilities of a one percenter in general is to be a steward to that MC community and, and to the club that you're in and the clubs that associate with you and surround surround you. hundred percent, man. So I, I liken it to being in the military, right? I mean, obviously, because that's pretty much the only thing I'm fucking done with my life, <coughs> my adult life anyway. Um, a lot of drugs in high school, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, what did you tell you? Know, you you got to take the off. Did you admit that? Did you admit that to your recruiter? He's out the Navy. I don't give a fuck. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he retired a long time ago. But um, but yeah, man, like you, I, I kind of look at it as the, the guys that are complaining about, you know, people upholding protocol and like being good stewards and stuff like that. Right. I, and I love how you put that. No shame. Um. I look at that as like that bitchy fucking non-rate. That's what we call them in the Navy, like the E3 and below, right? The, like the new guys that like they're still still trying to figure out the military, but they still kind of like want to be back on the block, that kind of shit. It's just like, man, this guy's always harping on me for fucking like having my hands in my pockets. Man, they're, they're fucking pockets. And why, why are they there if I can't put my fucking hands in them, right? And then like as they progress through their journey in the military a little bit, and then they get to the they get to that guy who's always bitching about hands in the pockets. They're like, oh. I get it now. It's not a professional look. It's not a professional attitude to have. And this is, you know, a professional organization. This is a professional community that has tremendous amounts of history, tremendous amounts of tradition. And all of that needs to be upheld and honored and respected because now I'm part of that. And then in 30, 40, 50 years, 
you know, they're going, they're hopefully the next generation and the generation after that, they're going to do right by me and upholding these same traditions and, and making professionals rather than these fucking dirtbags who are supposed to take the war someday. Not saying like MC wars or anything like that, but it's not, I mean, yeah, it, if you want to call it gatekeeping, call it gatekeeping. And yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm 100% for it. There's some shit that doesn't need to be around. There's some shit that is a black eye on the community. And you know what? Everybody that has been fighting the good fight, for lack of a better term, since the fucking 30s, for us to live the life that, we have, that we're living currently, that shit needs to be honored. That shit needs to be respected. You know, and... Again, that kind of comes back to teaching teaching people the right way to do things. And if you're not willing to to kind of get in line and, and, and walk the way the community walks, then get the fuck out of the community. I agree. And touching on that, Nurse Shane, first, thank you very much for the compliment. Um, uh, it was great to have you. Um, but going back to the basic training thing, uh, when you decide that you want to probate again, come on with it. <laughs> the Florida's got nice weather down here. I have this whole thing where I'm like not. committed to the club that I'm in. I've got these like tattoos I don't want to get rid of. And yeah, I think if I'm going to probate oh, again, it's going to be with my own club. You mean, <laughs> you mean your forever really means forever? I mean, I I am the kind of person that has never put a forever patch on, and I don't I don't know that I ever will. And I feel in my mind, when I die and have the honor of being buried in my cut, I think that they should sew it on then and bury me with that forever patch. Right. I did. I, kind of, I don't I don't know that I've earned it yet. Yeah, it was kind of a half-assed joke because there's so many people that are fucking you know club whatever forever and forever you know whatever club and then like two months later they fucking done yeah laid their shit down and now all of a sudden there's somebody else you know it's like that's fucking crazy that's the shortest forever i've ever seen <laughs> yeah you know? but that's, that's a mentality now so that's probably a different topic for a different time but yeah well, i wonder what happens uh, so i was talking to my wife about this the other day if somebody gets life in prison right and they have a heart attack and they, they die, their heart stops, and then they're revived. They served a natural life sentence. Like, they died. Or do they still have to stay in prison to serve another life sentence? Wasn't that... That's a thing. Um, there was a guy that, that died. He was pronounced dead, but somebody found, like, he had, like, the faintest... Fu- I, I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't... I know very little. I can stop you from bleeding, and that's about it. Um... But he died in prison, and then he petitioned to be let out because he's like, "Hey, you guys said I'm here till I'm die. I, you're here till I'm d- till I die, and I, I fucking died. So what's up? <laughs> like, let me get the fuck out of here. I don't know whatever happened to it. I wasn't really that invested of it, but you just reminded me of that. And yeah. now I'm gonna have to go look that up because now I owe you my answer. I feel like I feel like they should get you know get a joke free card for lack of a better term. I think that's why they're they're calling life sentences ninety nine years now, because of that. They're like, okay, okay, cool. It's 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 we're gonna call it a life sentence, but you got ninety nine of these motherfucking years. It doesn't matter if your heart beats, if your heart stops or not. Like you hear, motherfucker. Yeah. Best time to kill somebody is at one year old. 
good chance of getting out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're getting released at a hundred. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for watching this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> that took a turn, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, one last yeah, question before before we end it, right? Um, and we we touched on this a little bit, um, but if there was going to be a new club, new one percent club that was going to be recognized in the community. How would you like to see that club start to finish go about their journey? Yeah, for me? Yeah. Um, I would like to see them come in as a t-shirt club. Uh, sit down, sit down with the, the local dominant design. Um, or not really design, but uh, sit down with local dominant and and get the advice. Now, well, let me let me stop there. Is this club going to put on a diamond, or are they going to earn the diamond? <clears throat> no, and that, that's the thing difference. is, uh, is is how you know they're this club, whatever club it is. Tomorrow they're putting a diamond on, right? There, you have any amount of years before that that you want for your your preferred way for this to happen. So they could either started yesterday they're putting a diamond on tomorrow or they started 20 years ago and they're putting a diamond on tomorrow what's the most okay. respected way to go about a club like adding a new one percent club to the list of one percent clubs now what's the respectful way a respectable way for a club to go about that i would say um it would have to be at least 10 years or more in existence within that community um, I think anything less than that, you can't come in respectfully and put a diamond on. There's, it's impossible. Um, sorry about that. Because guard they, dogs, uh, guard yeah. dogs hungry. The um, but they would sit down. Ultimately, they would come in, sit down, um, with that local one percent club that's been the dominant up to that point, right? Because they they have. They don't have a diamond, um, but that local guy does. Um, sit down with them and discuss um, their action. You know, this is what our intent is. And and they have a little resume that goes with it because that dominant club is aware of who they are, what they've accomplished, how long they've been around, and so on and so forth. That kind of will speak volumes um for what their their plan of action is whereas that those guys that have only been around for a day a month a year two or three years they don't have that um they don't have that resume so i think that is you know in a nutshell um and of course i'm summarizing quite a bit of it um would be the best way to do it and, and get respect and then that's really that's the only way that I've really seen respect come across the board, you know, is when it's a club that's already known in the community, they're already mm -hmm. recognized to kind of be at that level of commitment. You know, it's not really a question at that point, you know, when, when a club goes from being a non diamond club to putting a diamond on and everybody kind of looks at them like, Oh, we we're wondering when you were going to do that. 
that's kind of how it should feel. You know, it, it shouldn't yeah. be like, like shocking to anybody that, that you're doing it. it should just be like, Oh, that's the next natural step in your progression. You know, right. you get these, these guys out there that kind of come and there's, I'm going to do it. And if you don't like it, then fight me for it. It's like, you yeah. have no fucking clue. You've, you've lost <laughs> the entire argument because you have no idea what this life is about, but you know, have fun doing what you're doing. We'll all be yeah, over here actually fucking living the life. You know, in a lot of those, a lot of those clubs, the longer they're around, this is a, my personal belief. The longer they're around, the less that they would want to put the diamond on. Mm-hmm. Is how I feel. You know, you know, um, we, we talked about it earlier. Like, there's no pros to being in a one percent club, but there are other clubs that have that same level of commitment. And mm-hmm. there's some I can think of off the top of my head, and it's like, yeah, we like we have all the benefits. Why would we want to put that diamond on and, and take on the extra burdens? Right. Right. Let's, and a simple one, like, you know, look at uh, Buffalo soldiers, for example, you know, off the top of my head, you know, I see those guys everywhere. Every time I'm on the road, I see those guys, them guys are putting in fucking miles, you know, crossing state lines on a regular fucking basis. They have no desire for my knowledge anyway, to put on a diamond. They're, they're, they're hugely successful without it. So what, what would be the, the, the benefit of putting it on? You know, which goes back to the same thing that I was saying. You know, if you've been embedded in your community as an MC, you know, for 10 years or more, what are you gaining by putting a diamond on? Headaches. You're not, you're not gaining anything. Sounds like you're just gaining headaches. Yeah. Well, yeah. In a sense, you are. Um, really, and mainly because you're, you're essentially doing is saying, Hey, I know we've had a great relationship, so on and so forth, but, um, this is what our intention is. So you need to share our area because we're established here, you know, and, and it really, I've seen it happen. It ruins relationships between clubs, you know, because I'm all fine and dandy as long as I'm the dominant, but now you're telling me I have to split my area in half. Because you want to rock a diamond as well. That creates problems. I think that's also like a, um, it's kind of like a, a regional thing, if you will. You know, because I mean, you go to some places in the country and it's like every fucking club is in one city. You know, and it's like every single fucking club you could think of. You throw a stick and hit any national club and they're, they're just there. Um so that, that, that's where I think sometimes it gets, you know, it's, it's, you have to know your area, you know, to know what's appropriate. You know, like we, we talk in a lot of generalities, but really understanding your local community is the only way to really understand how to do it properly. If there's a proper way to even do it where you're at, you know, is it even appropriate to go to that next level? Like Silent was saying, like, you know, at, at what point do you get any benefit out of it? Why would you want to put one on? Um, when I was down in Florida, I was, I was talking to a guy who his clubs have been around for 30 years. And when they were, you know, they were a international club and he came from the chapter that was outside of the United States and they had been a 1% club for 10. He had been a one percenter in that club for 10 years already. He came to the United States, brought the chapter there and took the diamond off. And his mentality on it was we earned it where we were. We haven't earned it here. So I want to, you know, become a part of the community and earn it. 
and now he's at a point where he's been in Florida for 10 years and still hasn't put it on. I kind of, you know, do you guys ever plan to? He's kind of just like, wow, what's the point? Everybody knows who we are. Everybody knows who I am. They know what we're about. I could put it on, but it doesn't change anything. You know, I think that's where we're at in this day and age, you know, with everybody doing it and it being so commonplace. You know, I think before there was before there was an ability to just pick up the phone and make a phone call or get on Google and look up if a club's legit or not, or like what their background is, it meant something to have a 1% diamond on, you know, you could go somewhere where people didn't know who you were and they saw that. And maybe they, they treated you with a little bit of reverence, but nowadays, like it doesn't really mean as much as having a good reputation in the community means. So if you already have that good reputation, what's even the point? Right. Right. You know, touching on uh, real quick, because I know we got to end the show. Um, touching on that, that you know, uh, 20 clubs in, in one city. You know, by doing that, it, you know, I'm a numbers guy. If you have 5,000 people, let's just say 5,000 because it's an easy number. You got 5,000 people, but you got two dominants in that city. You got 5,000 people to split between them. When you bring in 20 dominants, you still got those same 5,000 fucking people. You know, none of us, and I don't care what nation you're in. Well, I can't say that. If you're giving your patch away, your numbers are pretty fucking good right now. You know, but if you're bringing people into the club world the right way and you're actually prospecting them and probating them, you know, like you should be, um, you don't have guys beating your door down right now. When Gangland was out and all, you know, Sons of Anarchy and the Mayans and all that was real hot, we all did pretty good in recruiting because everybody wanted this fucking life that they were they were seeing on TV. Um, but the more dominant clubs and clubs you put into the city, the harder it is to recruit, you know, because it's not just you and another club or two um, having to pick of the litter. You know, it's it's a bunch of clubs trying to share those same people. And then you, what happens is you start passing around the same guys. Well, that's a guy probated for us, but we sent him down the road and then team B over here, picked him up. You know, it becomes a shit show. So I, I personally don't like doing all that, putting all those clubs in one area, just for that reason, you know, no, no, it, it, it definitely reduces the quality of people to an extent, you know, it's, I brought this up on another episode. I don't remember what we were talking about, but if you had three clubs in one area, club A, club B and club C, and you had some guy that was all motorcycle enthusiast, just like riding around, you know, had maybe had a couple buddies with him and they decide they want to join a club and they don't know any of you from Adam. And they're looking at all three of these clubs and one club's like, Oh yeah, you got a prospect for a year and it's going to be like the most difficult time of your life. And we're going to really test your metal. And then he goes to club B and they're like, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're a year and it's going to be, you know, we're going to teach you a bunch of stuff. and It's going to be kind of hard. There's mandatory runs, but if you do really good, you're, we're going to give it to you in six months. And they go to club C and they're like, we oh, got three guys. Well, fuck dude. We'll, we'll patch you in right now. Like, where yeah. the fuck do you think these new people that have no idea about the community are going to go? You know? And then, right. Now Club A and Club B are sitting there looking like, like, why the fuck can't we get anybody? What do we have to do? Do we have yep. to reduce our standards 
And that's like, it's a real thing that, that people battle with. So you're absolutely right. Oversaturation of clubs in an area is not good for anybody. It's not good for the clubs. It's not good for the community. It's not good for anyone. And, and not because like what the cops want to make you think it's not like, I don't care that me and silent have a club in the same area because he's going to be stepping on my drug trade. Like that's not what it's about. It's about being a a good steward of, of the community and allowing people to, to come in in the proper way and allowing clubs to have that freedom and that room to breathe and bring people in and, and nurture them in the way that they're supposed to be nurtured. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And have a good fucking time. Yeah. And have a good time. This is what this right, is I'm, about. I'm shutting up. I know we got to go. <laughs> See, nobody told him that he had to shut up, but like, I think people is tired. It's it's almost uh, eight thirty East Coast. It's <laughs> well, I, I still got to I still got to eat dinner, but no, I thought for some reason I thought the shows were keeping up to an hour, so that's why I was saying that. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just giving you shit, Pop. I didn't, I didn't want to keep talking and y'all be like, "Fuck!" Now we got to edit it out because we're we're over an hour. Nah, no, we're so, good. Well, I mean, well, with that, you know, Dad, you got anything to? To send us down the road with? No, no. I think it was a good episode. You know, I haven't done a podcast in a very long time, um, so it felt kind of good. Um, for no shame, since you, as my son, didn't fucking invite me, um, and but no shame did. So I really want to thank no shame for uh, <laughs> for that invite. <laughs> oh, we lost Ken. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, No Shame. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad anytime. somebody cares about Old Silent. Any anytime, sir. Anytime. Ken, what do you have to say for yourself? Fucking nothing. <laughs> 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 no, I just I you know I mean I'm I, I do want to I do want to thank you you know because I know we've been talking about like this schedule and thing right man and dude no shame for for you guys that don't you know like the the listeners we've been trying to find out like find a good balance between like our personal lives or club lives and then like doing the show and and writing and all that stuff and it's it's fucking difficult when you got 11 dudes in a in a, in a myriad of different clubs in different time zones but no shame is definitely knocking out of the park when it comes to getting us all together getting schedules down and you know so i just want to say thank you for that because it's definitely it's helping us out and it's keeping us regular you know and I just I appreciate the work that you're doing for us, man. Providing quality. You gotta you gotta thank Silent. He he put me to task when I was out there visiting him. He, he sat me <laughs> down on the couch and you know he surrounded me with his brothers and they were all very intimidating. And he said, you know, I, I told Ken that he was supposed to put this schedule together, and then he moved out of Florida. And he said, so I need you to do this and not run away like Ken did. <laughs> so of course, of course, I abided. You know. And then promptly fucking left. <laughs> no, yeah, he man, stayed in Florida for like three more weeks. Shit, three more weeks. I stayed in Florida for like another two months. I just oh, was it? just well, got I'm to old. Texas. My memory ain't that good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, putting that schedule together is uh, it's it, it was my pleasure. It wasn't even that hard. You know, you guys helped me out a lot with it, and hopefully, it means we can bring a lot more content more regularly to the audience because they're the ones that we do it for. Absolutely. Yeah. 
But, well, I think that's it for this week, folks. Dad, no shame. I appreciate you guys for taking the time out of your day to sit down and talk with us and get this show recorded. And I look forward to moving forward with the next group of episodes. Hell yeah. Me appreciate too. y'all. Hell All yeah. I appreciate you. All right. Well, hey, everybody out there in listener land, we appreciate all the love and support you guys have given us, man. Um, and like no shame, no shame said, you know, we, we do this for you guys. Uh, and you know what? It's, 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 you know, we get a lot out of it too. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. But we definitely appreciate all the loan support uh, that we're getting doing this. Um, you know, I don't think we could do a lot of this without the support that you guys have provided us. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And go to BlackSaleSupply.com for your latest hoodie that Ken's wearing right now. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow.